Thunderstorms can be very relaxing for some of us, but for others it can be a life-changing event. Welcome back to the swamp, my friends. It's good to see you made it back for another episode. Today I'm going to be sharing some creepy and allegedly true thunderstorm horror stories. As always, if you have a story that you would like to share in a future video, be sure to submit your story at swampdweller.net or the email you can find in the description down below. I'd love to share your stories with everyone here in the swamp. Now, without further hesitation, let's get into these creepy and allegedly true thunderstorm horror stories sent in by viewers just like you. I am sending this in as a warning to myself and others to never underestimate how fast the weather can change. It is a common mistake, but in some cases it can be very costly. This was my experience making that mistake. I live in the Midwest, specifically Iowa, so I grew up around severe storms and have always been fascinated by the weather and what it can do. I even took a year's worth of meteorology when I was in high school, and I continue to study it to this day. Now, going storm chasing has been on my bucket list for a very long time, but I was only able to really get a chance to do it recently, as before I was very busy paying off college debt and taking care of family matters. But a few weeks ago, my chance had come. I had a week's worth of paid time off and I was going to put it to use and finally see my first tornado. But ironically, the days I had specifically set aside to go storm chasing, somehow the entirety of Tornado Alley was completely clear. After two days of beautiful clear weather, I decided to throw in the towel, and when my parents asked if I could come out for a quick visit during my time off, I decided to go see them for a day. A good friend of mine also tagged along. We were roommates during our freshman year of college and always enjoyed hanging out. Our trip was uneventful, and I had a good visit with my family. Towards the evening, my friend and I got ready to leave, but one of my brothers had asked if I could come see him where he worked before I left, so I obliged and went to see him. On our way out of my hometown, I spotted a massive supercell to the east, which immediately made me uneasy. For those of you who may not know, a supercell is a very large thunderstorm that can produce large hail, strong winds, intense lightning, and, when the conditions are just right, tornadoes. They are most easily recognized by their round, anvil shape, and when you see any rotation towards the bottom of the supercell, that's a good sign it may spawn a tornado. I'll leave you all to Google photos of these. Now, my buddy and I were watching the supercell as we were making our way south towards the interstate, and I could easily see the storm was moving west. And we were in the crosshairs. However, I knew that we would be heading west to get home and could probably outrun it since we were on the interstate. So I pressed on, only making one stop to see my dad as he works for a farmer and had been very busy the past few days trying to get the crops in. Once we were back on the road, I made my friend check a weather radar app I have on my phone so I could see how fast the storm was moving. When the radar image appeared on the screen, I was shocked to see a line of severe thunderstorms all along the interstate from Iowa City to Des Moines. Still, I know all about the driving in bad weather, and I was confident that I could handle whatever that storm could throw at me, so we kept our course and drove straight into the teeth of the large storms. 
As we approached the storm, I could see it was very large and that the sky was pitch black with flashes of lightning every couple of seconds. My friend and I were getting more and more excited by the minute as we pushed onwards as thunderstorms at night can be spectacular. The lightning this storm was generating was some of the most intense I had ever seen. Then we went into the storm. Darkness enveloped us, with the only lights being the lights on the cars and trucks around us and the occasional street lights along the road. But the strange thing was that despite the lightning being even more intense now, there was little wind and no rain. I guessed that the lightning could be generated by the heat and humidity as it had been a rather hot day and we had nothing to worry about. So we pressed onwards. Now I admit driving makes me hungry and I was thinking about stopping alongside the route for milkshakes but due to the storm, I put that thought on hold while I kept my focus on the road and my trusty old pickup, making sure all the gauges were in the green. That's when I saw I was at three quarters of a tank. I thought while I could make it to our destination without stopping to refuel, I didn't want to take the chance of running out and having the storm unleash its full might on us while we were stranded. So I stopped in a town called Williamsburg to top my tank off before proceeding. As I exited the interstate, the lightning was still flashing in the sky as intense as ever, but the wind and rain were nowhere to be seen. I pulled into the gas station and began to fill my truck with fuel. After I started the pump, I felt the call of nature and had my friend watch the truck as I went inside the gas station to empty my bladder and check in with my parents. After I finished, I walked back outside and I could see that it was starting to rain. It wasn't raining very hard, so I thought nothing of it. My friend was sitting inside my truck, so I climbed inside and glanced at my phone. The weather radar was still on, and I could see that we were in the middle of the largest storm in the chain of storms along the interstate and yet it had decided to continue to hold back its power. My friend looked over at me and asked, Are you sure we should keep going? I responded, Oh yes, it takes a lot more than light rain to keep me from getting home. Almost as if the storm had heard my comment and took it as a challenge, our surroundings quickly changed as winds picked up in mere seconds and rocked my truck and walls of rain began to pound the roof as we were still parked in the gas station. I had started the engine and began to drive around the station looking for a good place to park and be out of the wind as it continued to gain strength. My friend was starting to get scared, and I was getting nervous. I knew that the conditions we were experiencing were very similar to what's known as the bear's cage to storm chasers. The bear's cage was the area that formed very close to tornadoes. I knew that with it being dark we may have no way of seeing a tornado until it was far too late. After making a complete circle around the station, the storm had reached its peak and I knew we were not safe in my truck anymore. I parked the truck with the tailgate against the wind as there were no other places to park. My friend reached for the door handle and I had to tell him to stop. With the strong winds, if we opened the doors at the wrong time, the winds would damage them and even rip them off the hinges. We had to wait for the winds to lessen before we could make our exit if we wanted the best chance for our only ride back to be in one piece. Just then, I see a large black shape appear out of the walls of my rain in the mirror. It was a semi-truck that had pulled in behind us. Its trailer was giving us some protection from the wind and a chance to break for the shelter of the gas station. We bolted from the truck and ran into the station, getting completely drenched in the process. Once we got inside the station, the power went out, leaving us in the dark with the storm still screeching outside. A few seconds later, we heard the sound that I had been dreading. The tornado siren. The gas station employees quickly shouted for everyone to get inside the restrooms as that was their best shelter. 
Once the 15 or so people were crammed into the restrooms, a manager from the adjoining diner came in and said that they had a basement that we could use instead, and we all hustled to get to a lower level. As we hurried over, I saw several old farmers still at their tables eating their dinners in the darkness. I knew that this was not their first rodeo, and that if something bad would happen, they would join us. After descending into the basement and finding it was in fact an old wine cellar that the little group of refugees had began to introduce themselves and chat, I look at the radar and see the storm was gradually moving south and that so far there were no tornadoes spotted in the area. I then looked at my watch and figured out to my shock the storm had gone from awesome lightning show to a dangerously high winds and walls of rain in less than three minutes. My friend and I each contacted our families and let them know we were safe for the time being. As we waited for the storm to pass, I remember hearing the diner manager talking to some of the other stranded travelers that a similar storm had hit them last year, and that while they were hunkered down in the two cellars, the ladies quietly broke into bottles of wine and were stored there, and eventually became so drunk they had to be carried out of the basement. This little story seemed to lighten the mood a bit and raise the spirits of everybody there. After 20 minutes of sitting in that dark basement, my friend and I decided to head above ground to see if the storm had finally let up. Once we got into the dining room, I could see the old farmers were still in their places watching the storm slowly begin to subside. My friend and I waited another 10 minutes before we made our way outside and back to my truck. Once I saw it, I was happy to see the only damage was some dings and scratches on the tailgate, and it almost appeared to have been pushed a few inches forward by the wind. We got inside and started it up without a problem and made our way out of the lot, but before we left, we spotted the same semi that gave us our opportunity to escape and get to better shelter. After thanking the trucker for his help, we got back onto the interstate. Within minutes of getting back on the interstate, we spotted a semi that had been blown over on its side by the winds. Thankfully, I could see the person, I assume, who was the driver, talking to some state troopers who had come to assist the trucker. While the lightning never seemed to stop, the wind and rain were done, and my friend and I made it back to our home safely. As I lay in bed, I realized the mistake I had made. I underestimated the storm. My hands began to shake as I realized what could have happened if anything had happened differently, and I knew that my guardian angels were watching out for us that night. So I learned that lesson, the very hard lesson that many others have made. Some people who underestimate the weather aren't so lucky. There are many people who are killed every year for their own foolish wishes. Yes, I know the weather can be a spectacular thing to watch, but if you don't respect what it can do, it will make you pay. Someone like me is lucky. I got off easy with little to no damage. Others aren't, and some don't walk away. For context, I'm an 18-year-old girl from a small, wealthy area of England. I have always prided myself on being independent and aware of my surroundings. As a result, I have naively believed I would never get myself in dangerous situations. This was all to change last summer, when my parents and brother went on holiday, leaving me home alone for around a week. I was very happy about this as I often argue with my family and cannot wait to live alone when I'm older. It was in the middle of summer and very hot for England, which usually means we have thunderstorms. It was the second night of being on my own and I was watching horror films late into the night. It was storming really bad. I usually love everything horror-related and plan what I would do in these situations. Little did I know I would be faced with a similar situation in just a few hours. 
I was more scared than usual. We live in an old house but with a large extension on the back, which has an entire wall of glass and windows on the ceiling. For some reason, we don't have curtains on them, so at night you can't see anything out of them, but anything outside has a clear view. Usually this doesn't really bother me, but being on my own, after watching countless horror films and raging lightning and thunder, I was rather anxious. Anyway, I went to sleep at around half past one. Side note, I have always slept with my curtains open in my bedroom. This stems from the idea that if someone or something was outside, I'd prefer to see it rather than not knowing what's there. It was about 3am and I woke up to banging at the door. Very loud, slow banging at my front door. My initial thought was, what the heck? I first thought it was one of my mates who were drunk and they wanted to come around or something. Then my mind switches to the possibility that my neighbors, whose house is attached to mine, have had a problem and maybe they needed to tell me. But something about the knocking suggested otherwise and I remained frozen in my bed. I messaged all my friends and told them to stop messing with me, hoping one of them would admit to it. But no one replied. The banging continued. Ten minutes of this passed, but it felt like an hour. I creep into my mom's room to see if I can see who it is, but I could not. After twenty minutes, I'm confident they've gone, and I try to go back to bed, but I'm unable to sleep. It is now four in the morning, and something happens that makes me almost throw up in fear. Banging. Again. But it's different this time. The banging is on glass. They are in my back garden. My back garden is not accessible from the front so they would have had to climb over or go into the garage. My heart stops. I know that if I go downstairs, I will be completely visible. At this point, I start calling everyone I know that's nearby, but no one's picking up. My fear is that they could get on top of the extension, which is only one story high, and then could simply walk up to my bedroom window, which has very thin old glass, and they would do God knows what to me. Realizing this, I slowly go to my bathroom which seems to be the safest place but also allows me to view the person in my garden. I can see the figure of a man, dressed in what I can only make out to be a pinstriped suit with gelled back hair, just standing on the deck, completely still staring into the dim light from my house, smiling psychotically. I could not recognize the person. They seemed to be about 30 years old, tall and slim. He did not seem to be holding a weapon or trying to get in, just standing there in my back garden. He must have been there for about an hour. Suddenly my phone rings and it's one of my guy friends who says he's on his way to my house. I stay exactly where I am for about 10 minutes or so. I refuse to get up from where I was, so I stay on the phone while my friend looks around the house and garden. He says there's no one there and I'm safe to open the door. As I come downstairs, I see what must have been about 50 little sticky notes on pink paper that have been posted through the letterbox. As I bend down, I realize they have all handwritten messages on them. I can see you, Delilah. I opened the door and my friend came in. As the sun started to rise, we called the police and reported the incident. The police searched the property and said that it was going to be very hard for them to find the person, but that they expected is someone looking to scare rather than to cause harm. I slept around friends for the remainder of my parents' holiday, and even now, a year later, I am still terrified of what happened. And although nothing serious went down, the fact that he knew my name and could have easily gotten in still sends shivers down my spine.
I got home late last night, which in my apartment complex means all the good parking spots are taken. So, I parked a good distance from my apartment and began walking towards it. There's a thunderstorm rolling in and it's not quite raining yet, so the air has energy and smells great. I decided to take my time and make a loop around my building and come up behind it. As I make the corner and begin walking back down towards my apartment, I see a guy coming out of the parking lot between two cars. We nod and I slowly pace and he begins walking ahead of me. But I noticed he was slowing down to match my pace. So I start going even slower. I intended to cut the corner as soon as we approach it and enter my apartment as soon as possible. The front door is right on the corner. He seems reluctant to walk too far ahead of me, so I'm already on alert. He approaches the corner first, and I come around. He's at my apartment door shaking my doorknob. He looks at me as I round the corner and he says I lost my keys. The realization that he was lying and the implication of the lie slammed every one of my systems into high alert. Everything in me told me not to stop, so I kept on walking and gave him a sympathetic smile. He turns and stares at me and then asks if I have a phone he can borrow. At this point, I'm feeling stuck and panicking. He's pretending that he lives in my apartment, so I can't really just barge past him. My car is too far away and in the dark, and any sudden movements will alert him that I'm on to him. So I tell him my phone died, which caused my heart to immediately skip a beat because now he thinks I can't call the cops. I walked one door over and started knocking on the door. It's past midnight. The guy is standing at my doorstep, just staring at me. After an eternity, my neighbor opened up, who I'm on a hey how are you and nice night out speaking terms. I immediately say, hey Kevin, and push past him into his apartment. I immediately turned and closed the door and locked it. I explained to my neighbor what was happening, and he went to go get his gun and call the cops. But the guy was gone, and now I'll never be able to walk around my apartment complex at night without constantly looking over my shoulder. I've been debating sharing this story for a while now, but after listening to the show for a long time, I decided to finally do it. So back in the summer of 2018, I was attending the summer German school at the University of Konstanz in Germany. For those of you who do not know, Konstanz was one of the only major German cities during the war to avoid destruction during the war due to its straddling the Swiss border. So it has one of the last remaining medieval districts in Germany. At the heart of the old town is the cathedral, an old Gothic building with foundations dating back to the early conversion to Christianity. So this building is ancient. I, being a historian of the early modern periods, specifically witch trials, was in love with the city and would spend most of my afternoons and evenings after class wandering the old town and enjoying the Renaissance art of the cathedral. I was at the post office near the cathedral one morning, mailing postcards when suddenly, a massive storm began. I had only brought a light jacket with me, and I didn't feel like getting soaked on my way back to my flat, or waiting at the post office, so I jogged to the cathedral to wait out the torrential downpour. By the time I got to the cathedral and entered the massive medieval wooden doors, I felt something was off, but I couldn't quite put my finger on it. Almost like a sense of dread which I'd never felt before in this building. As I was waiting on one of the aisles of the cathedral, the thunder started to build and clap, louder and louder every few minutes, echoing in the nave. 
Then, out of the blue, the enormous church organ started to play above me, terrifying in its suddenness and its volume. That was when I recognized the feeling of dread. I wasn't alone in this feeling. The other people around me all jumped when they heard the first note was played and was glancing around nervously. Midway through the song, people started milling around again, enjoying the building and I calmed down a bit. I too figured the dread was just in my imagination, so I took up my phone and recorded a short video, trying to capture the dark and brooding ambience of the building and the music in the storm. Soon after, the music faded, and the storm moved out over the lake and away from the city. I headed back to my flat, but once again, when I went to send the video to my friends, they received it, but they were confused. There was no sound, just silence. I was shocked, because it had been such a vivid experience for me, so I tried playing the video and the album on my phone, and they were right. It was completely silent. No organ, no thunder, not even my own breathing. Just absolute silence. I tried recording another video here in my flat, and it worked perfectly fine, sound and all. My phone was brand new, and I have never had any issues with it before. I don't know. I've had no issues ever since, either. The sense of dread I'd felt earlier returned, and I could barely sleep that night because of it. Every time I returned to the cathedral after that, I hoped for a similar response. No matter the weather, no matter the time of day, the feeling never came back. I like to think of myself as a logical and rational person, but that was something I just cannot explain. I don't know how the organ started playing by itself, or why it was being played in the middle of a thunderstorm anyway, with no service going on. But for whatever reason, it caused my phone to malfunction and gives me a lingering sense of dread every single time I think about it. For reference, I'm a female in my late 20s, and about a week ago, I had an unsettling encounter. The city I live in is surrounded by a reserved set of land, put aside by the city planners. It's just a forest of pine trees. I usually walk my dogs up in that area closest to me, which is about 10 minutes away from the middle of town. It's one of my favorite places to go, but now, honestly I'm nervous about going in that area alone. The city is usually a pretty safe spot, and I've never had any concerns out by myself, even in the dark, and I've been in the forest when it's dark many times with no incident. The track where I access the forest is at the top of a dead-end street, through a park with a playground, and up a long series of steps, so it's quite secluded to say the least. I have two dogs, an older one and one that's about a year old. They're a working breed, so very high energy, although the older one is now arthritic and doesn't need much exercise, but the younger one needs a huge amount of off-leash exercise daily, which is why I was out on this particular evening. The older dog is also very shy and has a nervous disposition. It was after work in winter, so the sun had just gone down. It was also bad weather, nearly a storm and raining, although the trees shelter you from most of the rain. I get into the forest and let my dogs off the leash. We meet a couple of other people, also with high-energy dogs, along the way. As I was walking along one of the tracks, my dogs were up ahead of me running up and down the banks at the sides of the track, and I noticed up ahead there was a man sitting on a seat. I could see he was dressed in a dark blue track pant and leather jacket, over a hooded jersey. His head was down staring at the ground. His head was up and I couldn't see his face. He was sitting there in the rain, and I immediately got bad vibes from him. 
I tried to shake it off as just someone out for a walk, but decided to stay alert just in case. A few minutes later, the older dog looked back at something behind me and then just bolted, clearly spooked, running in the direction of the playground. I'd never seen her run away like that before, and the younger dog ran after her. I yelled for her to come back, but she was gone. The younger one comes back when I call, but keeps running up ahead of me. I start to get really nervous. I, th I start thinking about that man again. But the more I think about my dog running away, I'm, I'm just so off track here. I don't know what to do. The track I am on makes a large loop before ending back at the playground. But the track below led straight back, so I quickly climb down and I try to get after my dog. I'm not running because I have ruined my back over the years, so I'm walking as fast as I can. The track is muddy and slippery, so it's slow going. By this time, it got pretty dark, and it's raining. When I get near the steps, I see both of the dogs sitting there, and they come running up to me very excited. Relieved, I turn around and the man is right behind me. He had to have run or followed me down the bank to get there that quickly. I realized that I needed to get back to a populated area, and I head back down the steps as fast as I can. When I get to the bottom of the steps, I put the dogs back on the leash, and the younger dog starts growling for the first time in his life, and I glance back. The man is halfway down the steps, and when he suddenly stops and proceeds to tie his shoelace out of nowhere, I get a weird, weird feeling. I keep looking at him while my dog is still growling. He shoots me a long, angry look, then turns around and walks back to the steps into the darkness of the forest. Nothing bad, luckily, actually happened to me, but it really got my adrenaline pumping, and I can only guess what might have happened if I didn't have my dogs with me. At least the younger one, the older one was absolutely useless in any sort of protection capacity. Thanks for listening to these creepy and allegedly true thunderstorm horror stories. If you enjoyed these tales, please be sure to hit that like button as it helps me out a ton. The more likes this episode gets, the more YouTube promotes it in its algorithm, and that's incredibly helpful. If you're listening to this on iTunes or another podcast platform, please be sure to give the show a 5-star rating as it really helps us grow over there and is incredibly appreciated. If you're new to the swamp, why not join us? Hit that subscribe button and turn on notifications to never miss a new episode as I upload almost every single day on all things natural and supernatural. If you have a story that you would like to share in a future video, no matter what topic it is, be sure to send it in at swampdweller.net or the email you can find in the description down below. I'd love to share your story with everyone here in the swamp. It's stories like yours that help keep this show going on a daily basis. If you're on the go, but don't have YouTube Premium, and still want to listen to your favorite Swamp Dweller Scary Stories no matter where you are, you can download them absolutely free from iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher Radio, and pretty much anywhere else you find podcasts online. If you would like to support the Swamp outside of hitting that like button, subscribing, and potentially giving us a 5-star rating on iTunes, maybe check out the merch store. I've got t-shirts, hoodies, and all other kinds of cool stuff. I'd love to see you guys wearing them. I'd love to know in the comments down below what story was your favorite tonight. I'd have to say that last one probably. I've had a similar encounter being chased out of the woods in the rain before. Be sure to join me on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, and I'll see you guys soon with another creepy video.